to be in the world podcast. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. <laughs> Welcome to season two, man. Grab your buds and grab some bud, because tonight we're going tripping in the woods. Peace, love, and a word from our killer sponsor. This episode is brought to you by... Pop, pop, pop. This one goes out to the corn lovers out there. Mm. Buttered, salted. We talking corn, baby. Mm. Corn, Creamy or off the grill? I want to know how you really feel. Corn got me feeling some type of way. I can eat it any time of day. If you got the corn over there, that's where I want to be next to you. And the corn, and the corn. Stop is on the rise, baby, and no need to cover your eyes. We talking corn on a car, baby. Welcome back to the woods. Tripping in the Woods Horror Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. Yeah, so we're doing, if you haven't guessed it, uh, Bones and All. You got to cut so much. You've never heard of the movie. That kind of makes sense. I don't know a lot of people that have seen this one. It is starring the uh, huge and hip, like, brand new star. It's like the new Johnny Depp. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. You didn't even introduce. We didn't even introduce each other yet. Who's in the woods? The same three dudes, man. Having a good old time. Ready to make some s'mores together. Let's uh, introduce Michael Niebuhr. Hey, can you get this uh, marshmallow off my stick? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll do it with my mouth. <laughs> Not with your mouth, <laughs> Jesus! It's hot, man. <laughs> Some graham crackers on there. Look, man, I've I've eaten a lot of hot things. All right, I'm just saying. It ain't my first time. It's not my first rodeo. If you if you get my drift, you know. He has no feeling in his mouth. <laughs> he have no feeling in there. Wow! Um, wow! It's like a graham cracker unto itself. How the hell are you? Uh, I've been good. <laughs> Oh my god, is that is it hard in there? Is it, like, is it fragile? Like, I don't understand. What does that even mean? <laughs> Do you have a cat's tongue? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. All right, and now we're going to introduce the third guy in the woods that we are staying far away from over there. He's uh, got his own little fireplace. How you doing, Steve? You know what's Steven? funny is um, I actually have been told by that, uh, by, by a girl <laughs> before, is that my tongue feels like a cat's tongue. And I was like, that's. That's t- disappointing, you know? It's not a compliment. I know. And the girl's like, no, 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 I didn't mean <laughs> yeah, that. She's like, I didn't mean that way. It just, it just, yeah, it's I'm not like, a compliment. Is it hairy? Is it, is it just like, scary? Get that thing away from me. <laughs> yeah, no, you know? But uh, yeah, so I've heard, I've heard that before. Besides that, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk this movie. 
I definitely uh, I got some things from this movie. You know, I got it, it awoken. It awoken <laughs> things inside me, especially in the cornfield. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where do we go from here? We're not talking about. We talked about Timothy. Let's talk about uh, Taylor Russell. I thought she was terrific. I was wondering where else I've seen her in, and it turns out she was in the Escape Room movies. Escape Room movies. You mean like that weird frenzy that everybody was into for like two years in the middle of two thousands? You say it like. You're talking down to those people, but you did it. Like, you did one. You I, I did, did a couple escape of them. I room. did a couple of them. I so don't, yeah, so don't talk down about yourself, right? Did you not have fun? In my defense, <laughs> I did not. In my defense, I got drunk before <laughs> I did these. So I will say this, escape yeah. rooms. Escape rooms are very uh, hit or miss when you're drunk. Sometimes they make it a lot more fun. Sometimes they make it very annoying. I thought we did good, but, I mean, you know, we had also, you know, two people that weren't really helping out i think derek was just standing there the whole time so. yeah shout out to derek uh who just stood there that's what he did that's what he brought to the table of the escape room but uh, yeah taylor russell was terrific i agree with you i'll give it up i think taylor russell did a great job i actually think she did the second best job on this film behind i came looking for you i smelled you sully sully the guy who played sully who is i'm drawing a blank on his name mark rylance I thought he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, no, he did phenomenal. Definitely. First first impressions? Yeah, let's get that quickly. Nebauer, first impression. Really unimpressed. Really unimpressed. Okay, uh, first impression, Steven. Nebauer, here's my question for you with your first impression. Do you consider this a horror movie? No. I don't. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a coming of age movie. That's all I think. I think it's just a coming of age. You know, these people are, are growing up. They're trying to figure out life, and and that's just what it is. And they just happen to be cannibals. The the cannibalism is like a second afterthought. There's a horror movie, so does it have to have? Is it because it didn't have jump scares? Like no, maybe maybe you know, like it was just like part of them being alive. It wasn't like oh my god, this person's like super creepy or anything it was just you know just a thing that they had to, to deal with like you know if you had like low insulin and you had to take you know insulin injections or something okay i mean let's let's get off let's get off the insulin yeah my question is and again you know we've talked about this before we've debated this a lot off episodes is what makes a horror movie what are your rules what are your criteria and so we don't have to go into that down that rabbit hole. I'm not talking about that right now. We can save that for another day. However, whatever those, what are those check boxes you're, that are not being checked for you to make it a horror movie? Is it because there's no jump scares, which I think there are. I could argue that. Is it because it's to you eating somebody is not necessarily horrific? Like if you were on a date with a girl and you're like, hey, so what do you, you know, tell me about your past a little bit. You're like, well, I'm kind of a cannibal. My dad tried to hide it, but he wasn't successful. So yeah, I have to eat people every once in a while, but I usually just eat like homeless people. So it really doesn't matter. Like, you're cool with that? Like, that doesn't make it a horror film? No. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> fine. Well, we know that. We know that. We have met We've met some of your you know, exes. We know that. <laughs> I did get my blood sucked, okay? Like, that did happen. Oh, my God. Um, We're not but... going to that story. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did happen. It happened. I don't even know why it doesn't register to me as, like, a horror movie. It just doesn't. Like, the even the, the kind of, like, the antagonist, I guess, Sully, he was just creepy. Like, he wasn't, like, a yeah. bad dude. I got rules. Never, never, ever ate an eater. I thought you might be hungry. Well, what it was about just the movie? Weird. I mean, the movie Creep. The movie Creep is a really scary to me it's just creepy the guy's creepy the whole time but that's a horror creep movie. that's is a definitely horror a horror movie yeah of course I agree. this is this is a horror film too i think it's really hard to do a cannibal movie that's not gonna be horror 
in its nature. I mean, it's definitely yes. I didn't think this, this is definitely a love story. This is definitely a coming of age movie. I, I'll give my first impression now. It's definitely all those things that you're saying, but it is it is a horror movie, especially to me. It, it has the structure, and again, I don't want to get bogged down with the nitty gritty, but it has the structure of a horror movie. It has everything seems innocent and pure and nice, and then something crazy happens, and then you kind of go down that rabbit hole of something that is horrific compared to natural order. And I actually liked, you know, the, the backstory they kind of, like, build with that. So that's my first impression with that. I didn't love the movie. I didn't oh, is love it the movie. is it horror from their point of view, though? Is it horror from their point of view, if that's no, what their natural no, instinct is? is to no, of course people? not. But Yeah, it's not horror, then. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like anything, anything with a serial killer, though. Dexter, you know, and, uh, even Mike uh, Michael Myers, I guess you could say. From their perspective, they're the hero right i mean if we're looking at that you know that's not horrific dexter i still would classify that as somewhere as a horror show or even like six feet under right which is not that scary it's just about people working at a funeral home a funeral park. but anyway so my first impressions were definitely you, you could tell it was very uh, artsy very independent beautifully constructed but at the end of the day it was missing something it was very it was very kind of bland to me and i was not a fan of the ending the thing that i found missing the most and i know we're like way early is there's like no no repercussions from them not eating people other than just being hungry but i'm saying like they didn't tell you what would happen if they didn't though i'm not gonna be like that we don't have many options either you eat you off yourself or you lock yourself up in there we're dangerous they get hungry what do you mean then they'll eat someone they'll eat a is child. she gonna get is she gonna get sick the reason why they have to lock her up because if she doesn't eat Every so often, she's going to break out and she's going to do something really bad. Yeah. She has to eat to stop that. I know, but what I'm saying is she won't die. That's what I'm saying. Like, she no, won't die. No, no, but not yes, but, she, but the hunger will get so insatiable that yeah. she will act out in the closest person, period. And I think they yes. were very subtle in that, in that explanation with her mom, where her mom ate off. And again, they don't actually ever explain to you her eating her own hands. Made the mom eat in her hands. I thought she did that because she didn't want to hurt people. She did, but you don't. It's never explained. It's it's implicit. It's not explicit. I think she also did that because she was hungry. You know, again, we're jumping around, but Blaze, you can go. First impression, I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the music, the soundtrack was great. The atmosphere, I think movie's soundtrack was done by Trent Reznor and Articus or something Atticus like that. Finch. Atticus uh, Finch. Atticus, Atticus Finch and Trent Reznor. Did you say Finch? <laughs> he said Atticus Finch or something. He did. I did. <laughs> it's Trent and Atticus Ross. Yes, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Atticus, Atticus Ross. Ross. Trent Reznor. His, oh, Atticus, Atticus. Finch. Atticus Finch is from To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, well, like I said, I did like the music, the soundtrack. Trent Reznor and Atticus also Finch. did the TMNT Mutant Mayhem soundtrack, so that was cool. <laughs> but besides that, I was pretty bored throughout and yeah it was boring it was absolutely boring i guess unimpressed is ideal yeah i i don't think i'd watch the movie again i do appreciate you know the work they put into it and the cornfield scene will live with me forever <laughs> so there's something in the movie i guess but yeah kind of eh of a film i mean can we i think we can agree all on this right i mean pretty hate machine is a pretty it's like it's a great album top to bottom pretty hate machine what are you doing <laughs> okay never mind never mind is I'm, that not the name of the album i don't know it is it's his first album i think the right, downward right? i think the downward spiral i think yeah it's the first one 
I think Downward Spiral. Oh, is I know you love Downward Spiral. I know you do. It is. Those are. I mean, those are hits, though. I mean, Nine Inch Nails is a very the hand that feeds, man. Place. We get to place. This place just pops out with a random song. It's nothing nobody's talking about. But uh, okay. <laughs> not even a song. It's just like <laughs> part of the part of the song title. It's probably the name. Come on, <laughs> they're not that creative, right? He says it a lot in the song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, like, like he definitely like, does. So, so for the, the audience that is, for, for the audience that's new to here, and, and you know, we're glad we're always, we're always hoping to get new listeners on. One of Niebauer's favorite bands growing up was Nine Inch Nails. So I'm trying to make a lot of jokes towards it, which was which was an is and always will be Trent Reznor, but he's he's he has really pivoted into a great career with Atticus Ross into doing a lot of musical soundtracks for some really good movies. I think Social Network was their first one. They yeah. did the movie Soul, I believe, by Pixar. They, they, they've done a lot. They've done a lot. Like you said, the music is really good in this film. Yeah, definitely. And fun fact, I think Niebauer lost his virginity to Closer by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> I think he lost my virginity to Numb, to numb by... by Lincoln Park. We're not going to talk about our virginity lost songs, okay? You didn't have to okay, add but that's, okay, that's because you lost you lost your virginity to Mambo number five. <laughs> what a way to go, man. Holy <laughs> shit. That's terrible. Try it out, bro. Put it on. Next time, next time you're laying that you're laying in that bed and you're you're feeling touchy feely. Put on some Mambo number five and tell me it's not gonna get wild. <laughs> it's gonna get wild, boy. I'm telling you, you you're never gonna even look at her the same. No, you know what it was? I think it was crawling that I lost my virginity too. It was definitely Lincoln Park hybrid theory. <laughs> I think I lost mine to a Lincoln Park song too, but <laughs> Which is dating. Yeah, we were this we were in the same bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we weren't doing it. We're... I don't know which bed you lost it in. It could have been. <laughs> no, I mean, at the same time, like, we weren't, nothing weird or anything. Back to back. back. But we were back to back. back, to back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Back it's just to funny, back. right? Because that album came out in 2000, dude. We're so old. But, all right, keep going. So, anyway, so, you know, we opened up the movie with Taylor Russell playing Marin Yearly. I will say, yeah, no, this is a movie about, like, two of the hottest homeless people you'll ever see on the street, I guess. Oh, Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> they tried to dirty him up, but you couldn't dirty that model, like, beauty yeah. away, man. No. <laughs> I'd give them some money on the side of the road. You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny is every girl I'm, I'm friends with, every girl I know, that's exactly what the guy the guys are into. They're always like, hey, you see that guy that looks like he's homeless and hungry? That guy is really <laughs> hot. And you're like, what the hell? I knew a girl that met a guy on a dating app and didn't put two and two together when she was picking him up from like different gas stations and dropping him off never at a house. I was like, you you brought this guy in your house and you never put together that he was homeless. But he had a phone and he had a dating app. I was like, dude, he was in your house too. You could have been That is so funny. That is so... That's real so life, funny. real life. I hope she. I don't think she listens, so <laughs> she get really bad at that. Well, one. she's probably dead now. I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't care what any girl says, any woman says about. Oh, this guy has red flags. I don't like. No, they ignore the reddest flags I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, she likes almost as red as as Nibar's background right now. You seriously knew a chick that was like dating a homeless dude, and she didn't know he was homeless. Yep, that's so crazy. Couple days, yeah. Wow. It was insane when she told me that. I was like, yo, she, he was in your house, too. I was like, how did you not put that together? Like, 
you dropped them off. You picked them up at gas stations. <laughs> so why did they? Why did they stop being together then? She realized it. He was homeless. Like, yeah, she realized it, and he was sketchy and stuff. Well, he's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much more sketchy you can yeah, get. Yeah, if he, I guess if he looked like Timothy Charlemagne, uh, you're gonna take a try. <laughs> if I saw Taylor Russell out there, I might take a couple drop offs at the gas station before realizing. So if you're a cannibal, yeah, right. If you're a cannibal, would you just like cover yourself in blood every time you ate somebody? It just seems like it's just just like a lot of work when you're eating. When you're in the hunger, like because you're making the joke on like why are they always so messy? Like why can't they eat like more proper? Right? Yeah, same like, as vampires. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I feel like a cannibal, especially if you're trying to resist that hunger. Say you eat humans every day and like normally. Maybe you can eat it more of a gentle, proper way, I guess. But when you try to withhold that, I think you become a ravenger kind of deal of you can't stop. Yeah, but are you driving around with like blood all over you all the time? You know, you're just like driving around town. You just covered in blood. They don't always do that, man. (laughs) I like the idea that he does try to find someone that doesn't have a family. And then he goes and robs their house pretty much (laughs) and sleeps in it. This is a horror film. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good too. I mean, and I'll say that one of my favorite scenes is when he's rocking out to kiss lick it up and I was like I was sold. I was like, "All right, this is this is cool. I like this Timothy actor. He's really like all up into that that scene." But but yeah, I like because there isn't a right way to do this to be a cannibal or to be whatever metaphor it's going to be when like society doesn't accept you pretty much. You know, you're a monster to them. I like that they're trying to find it's kind of it's fucked up. They're trying to find a moral way to do what they have to do because that's how that's what society's making them feel like they have to, which is sad. That's the fucked up part. They should be able to live the way they want to live without being scared or without hiding it and, and be cannibals and be cannibals. That's just the, the cover up for other things in life, whether doing drugs, whether loving who you love and whatnot. But yeah, no, I don't think it actually meant cannibals. What if what if the director is like trying to like gauge where people are right now and you know there's like going to be a food shortage coming up eventually you know we have such a like large population where it's just like look we're going to we're going to put out these feelers to see if people are ready you know to take take the next big the big bite well she mentions about like cows in the slaughterhouse and how you know why do those cows not have friends or family that we just kill like nothing like it's it's weird how we can turn a blind eye to other species but not our own but anyways i so they try to do all these loopholes try to find the right person to uh kill and i guess we can jump to so she she breaks out but that's what i was saying the dad locks her up at night trying to keep her from eating and this is when she becomes ravenous eats her friend's finger and then her dad leaves her which i don't know being a dad i can't put that together don't know how you can do that and leave the worst cassette tape too that was like i thought it was gonna be more profound on that tape and i kept waiting for it to be and it never was it was kind of a shitty tape and so she goes on the road with just this birth certificate and some money her dad left and she knows where her mom where she was birthed, and so she's going to find her mom. And this is the, yeah, like you said, the catalyst to the story. I don't want to hurt anybody. Famous last words. God damn it, Steve. You're supposed to be talking about Sully. Sully. 
That's the first time I I got cleaned up by anybody. Oh, man. That guy was so... That's horrific, dude. He was scary. I don't care what you say. The way he talked was like, I don't know. I don't blame her for wanting to get away. Are you hungry? Do you want Do you want something to eat? And the way he acts so... He's a predator. The way he acts so confident in that he knows her whole life and what she's going through as a fellow homeless old person. He knows the world out there. And I feel like he kind of uses that. And I don't know if he uses it nefariously or if he just uses it because he's trying to help someone. You can't really tell that in the beginning. I just think his nature is creepy. You don't go up to an 18-year-old girl and show her the world. You're not Aladdin. I don't know. I would have stayed away from him. But yeah, they go to the house. He's introducing her to the world of cannibalism. He doesn't kill other eaters. He can smell them from a mile away. I don't know that metaphor or what that was or if that was just thrown in there. See, yeah, they didn't really explain like what the smelling thing was. And then you were able to smell them the further away, the more practice that you had. That also didn't make sense. And they never smelled him every time he came. Like he came into their apartment, lead didn't smell shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that was pretty creepy with the dead body upstairs. He's like, yeah, it's, it's dying. We're going to. We're going to feast on that later. What a scene, too. He's pretty much, like, naked in his underwear. Tidy whitey's just bent over eating this girl, this woman. And then Taylor Russell's character, Miss Yearly, can't help but do it, too, because she hasn't eaten a human in a while. Weird scene. It's not as bonding as Sully would love it to be. I think she is doing it out of necessity, but is a little disgusted about it. And can't wait to get out of there. Yeah, no, she's totally disgusted about it. She's totally creeped out by Sully. And I think Sully is just looking for a companion. Yeah. I think that's all it is. I don't think he's like, he has any real nefarious plans or anything to, to do with her. Yeah. I just think he's lonely. And he doesn't have, you know, a person that he can share, you know, being a cannibal with. And so he, I think he found that kind of interesting. Yeah, but so... I mean, I know it's going to jump towards the end, but since we're on the topic of Sully, how do you avoid that ending with Sully? Uh, you'd have to kill him. There's no other way to to tell the guy, hey, no. I'm not interested. Like, this is over. Like, I don't want you to follow me. It was always going to be like, kill or be killed. Yeah. There has to be a talking way. Not with that guy. Mike's, I mean, I, I, I agree with Mike in, in the sense that we got to remember every character we meet in this movie is essentially kill or be killed. Right? So Sully, especially when she first meets him, she doesn't trust him. It's very weird and creepy. You don't know either. Is he going to eat her? Is he going to kill her? You know, he ends up kind of like attaching to her, wanting to be with her. You know, maybe sexually, maybe not sexually, not getting to that. But he just, he kind of wants to bring her under his wing. And then she jumps ship, right? She runs away. And then even with Lee in the beginning, you're kind of, you know, I, you get it. It's a love story eventually. But even still, it's a very uncertainty because, okay, this, I'm new to the block as a cannibal. I don't know the rules. He's, you know, he's hot and sexy, but he's, you know, he might, he might kill me in my sleep. So she's not trusting of him in the beginning. No, of course, but it's someone closer to her age. I think yes, the, yes. the Sully situation, though, is a common thing in real life of objectifying a woman 
and acting like that woman has to be friends with you or be in love with you because you're friendly or nice to that person. Yeah, well, he definitely, yeah, he definitely had the, the incel yeah. vibe to him for sure. That's right. I mean, even yeah. if we go to, again, to, to use the last example, Jake and Brad, right? Jake's teaching me how to smell other eaters. <laughs> but we can hurt one another just as bad. Obviously, they, they, they get the creep vibes from them. She's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Get me out of here. Go, 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 go. So with all these people, it was kind of kill or be yeah. killed. And then, again, I don't think the movie does a good job of it, right? But I, when I was, you know, reading a little bit about this after watching it, is I think he goes he goes back and kills them. I don't think he does. I think Lee kills them. So every... Yes, I'm telling you, Lee kills them. So everybody dies except for Sully, right? For them to kind of... Lee, while he's gone for that, I forget what the time frame is. Is it a year that they're kind of separate? Is it a month, a week? Yeah, it was a little hard to see. It was a little hard to gauge, but I get it because it was for more for the art. Uh, but in that time they were separated, I was doing some research and I found that they did shoot a lot more scenes and it really got cut up, really got left on the editing room floor as more of kind of like a fever dream. Yeah. And supposedly yeah. he goes and back and kills both yeah. of them and eats them, bones that. and all. That's, you know, back to the whole title thing. So if you look at it this way, everything, you know, they went and try to start this new life and try to kind of be one with what they are, but also try to fit in today's society, except for the one door they left open was Sully. Well, they never, they never took care of him. He didn't, Lee didn't know about Sully. That's on Taylor. That's on Marin. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true. And again, it shows her inexperience and it shows that that's eventually what ends up having them doomed is her still not really coming to terms with what she is. And you could even say them trying to pretend to be normal, live this normal life on this college campus was setting them up for failure. And while Lee probably knew better, he was willing to do this and make the sacrifice fully knowing that he might die for her because he was so much in love with her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, I can see that. What do you think those two people then in the forest really wanted? One of them was a cannibal, like one of them was the same as they were, and then the other one was just some random dude. So, I mean, if we want to try to break it down and again, I, I don't, it's not that I love the movie that much, but I could definitely see where these, these characters become more pillars of traditional characters. Is I'll tell you this so, Sully was it the true outcast the true person that was never going to fit in who figured out his way the true survivor was sully and then those two were the innocents becoming stained or at least she was at least Marin. and then the two in the woods jake and brad were the true monsters they were the ones that represent everything bad about what they are as cannibals in fact even brad who's not a cannibal was so willing to go down that road yeah that's pure evil and just kind of, yeah, exactly. That was pure. To me, he represents the most extreme of the evil side for the fact that he had a choice and he made that choice. You know, while Jake doesn't have a choice, he still decides to, he doesn't play by the rules that Sully made, right? He, he you know, everyone can make their own choice. There's no handbook on being a cannibal. Even look at her mom. You know, her mom just institutionalized herself and eat her own hands, which again, I feel like the movie missed the mark on explaining that better but i feel like those two represented the hedonistic live by no rules kind of side of that well they bring up the whole bones and all so yes they do they do and i love how they bring it up <laughs> i love how they bring it up and again i know that they tie it in at the end where he tells her hey eat me yeah. bones and all they do make it a little weird and creepy with the whole nipple biting thing 
You know, like so your nipples bit? I don't know. What is that? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Why are we biting nipples? Why are we sucking on nipples? What? You know, I mean, I, I mean. Why not? What are you making? <laughs> What's going on in your bedroom? I mean, okay, here's what I'm saying. I don't want, I don't, I don't want my nipples touched. I don't want my nipples touched. Don't play my nipples. Nipple. Don't touch my nipples. Are they that sensitive? Yeah, I just, I just, <laughs> they're not, not that they're sensitive. I just don't, it's don't, don't touch my nipples. Okay, wow, we don't want places to everybody write that down. I'm Sully now all of a sudden. Yeah, you are. If we, I if went we too did, far. If we did break down three <laughs> If we did break down us three and we were characters, you would definitely be Sully. You guys would be Jake. Uh, me would be Jake <laughs> and I would be Lee. And I would How be would Lee. you be Lee? <laughs> You would be uh, Lee's dad, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, okay, so I'm I'm getting back to those two people. So, do you think that they wanted to kill other can like they wanted to eat other eaters? Is that yes? Yeah. Is that where you think you were going with that? They would have done worse. Yeah, but I feel like they would have done worse, but they also might have done nothing. I feel like they were like a wild animal. They were, especially Jake. I think Brad which is just really wanted to be that thing. So he was just trying to be that thing. I feel like Jake, though, really was, when I wake up today, I'm going to make a decision on how I'm going to live. When I wake up tomorrow, it might be a totally different decision. He didn't make any rules for himself. He didn't care to live by rules. If he gets himself killed because of it, gets himself killed because of it. He even says, you know, that Brad kind of caught him, but then Brad was into it he was a cop you know he could have died that way lee plays by his own rules too remember look look how lee set up that guy in the store to go get him away and kill him and eat him just how sully has his hair which is kind of his token and his part of his ritual it is kind of interesting i wonder if those rituals are like it as this is love making thing going on is that like the items you keep after a bad relationship or the items of the things you hold on to love yeah. or the pictures you hold on to keepsakes if that was that message there i keep nothing yeah, my ne- ne- Nibar, Mr. Minimalistic does not hold on to anything except for scars. <laughs> except for scars, every every woman he's with leaves a scar. So that's his Uh-oh. that's his ritual. That's his, <laughs> is this a Papa Roach song? That is how. <laughs> no, these are physical scars. <laughs> and you know, and the past reminds him. The past is real. <laughs> exactly. They tear my heart open. <laughs> so that that would be neat if we were cannibals coming in a world where we were where we were not allowed to be open and out. Mike's would be scars. You know, yours probably would be some kind of weird hair doll. Mine would be teeth. My, ew! What? <laughs> I always get judged. You're making jokes. I'm making jokes. <laughs> yeah, but you're making weird jokes. You're making a weird. <laughs> Yo, Blaze is that guy. Blaze is that guy at the party. We're all like just you know joking around, having fun. Then Blaze is like, I shaved my nipples. So <laughs> 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 gonna say that next party we're at, man. All right, so let's get past David Gordon Green. I do got to put an excerpt out there that he ruined Halloween and it's currently ruined Exorcist. He definitely ruined Halloween. He definitely ruined Halloween Kills. <laughs> Watch Halloween Exorcist. Ends. It is terrible. Wait, he did that last one? The Believe? Yeah. Exorcist Believe? Yeah. He's supposed to be Good doing all of them. Lord. Did he just... I don't get it. Did he wake up and he's like, you know what? I want to shit on every great horror movie I I guess. Holy God. Dude. All right. So now we're going into the carnival scene. This is where you can see them kind of falling in love because he has his own rules and he's trying to bend. He's trying to, you know, go the route that'll make her feel the most comfortable. And I think when you're doing that, when you're bending for someone, when you're trying to make them 
as happy as can be, you're kind of, you're falling in love or you're already there. It's a trap. <laughs> They're going to look for someone that might not have a family. Man, do they fuck up royally on this one. <laughs> that was a cool scene. I mean, he's like, yo, hey, uh, carnival. Uh, Carnies. What do they call them? Carnies. How you doing? You know, he, he takes him out and he's going to, you know, put him outside and and murder him so that they can eat you know he's getting food he's the uh, hunter and i thought it was just gonna be that uh it turned into a little bit more it did that's what was kind of interesting to me not like yeah i don't know why he went so far with it like he really didn't have to so then it just seemed like maybe he enjoyed it wait are we talking about the cornfield seed <laughs> yes of course we're talking about the cornfield okay, seed. can we just can we just do, step back for a second wanna... there can we step back for a second Look, Look, let's take a step back back for a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Put down the lotion, Steve. Yeah, I'm not going to explain this scene if you're picking up lotion. Can we step back for a second? And and, and this is going to be really bad reference, point of reference. But it's only I can think of right now. So you can think of right now. Now, we're all old enough. I know us three. Maybe most of our audience is not old enough to remember this. But you could easily ask somebody, where were you at when 9-11 happened? And you know exactly what you were doing, <laughs> what you were happening. Like I'm talking oh. about, I get, I get, I get chills when I watch anything about 9/11 because I remember exactly what I was doing when when the second plane hit the second tower. Okay? We're gonna have to cut this no. whole thing. No, <laughs> no. No. no, no, leave it. We're leaving it all in. No, pay attention. Now, now, what were you doing? And who were you with? And what were you? What was the look on your face when this scene came to be? Because listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. Like you said, they're at the carnival. He's kind of he's he needs to take care of her. He needs to get blood for her. He tells her just go sit in the car. I'll take care of this. I don't know if he knows she's watching. We can debate this in a minute. I don't know if he knows she's watching. I don't know if he doesn't know. He takes him out to the cornfield. <laughs> And she decides to peruse and, you know, what What are mommy and daddy doing? And she gets out of this truck and decides to go through the cornfield. Okay? And as soon as we... <laughs> what are mommy and daddy doing? What the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that the first time you ran into our parents no. having sex? <laughs> no. no. Listen, actually, you know what? That might have been a better analogy than the 911 one. But... No, that, listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, when they give you the angle, they show you what's going on behind that cornfield. I immediately looked, I was watching it, I was watching it, <laughs> I was watching it with a dear friend of mine, Trish, I was watching it with Trish, and I literally, we both turned, it was like, it was literally a scene from a movie or TV show, we both looked at each other and our jaws just dropped. In one eye, I was looking like a, like a, like a, like a gecko. <laughs> One eye's on on the scene, and one eye's looking at her. And we're just both looking like weird cross-eyed idiots, because we cannot let go of this. But we also, like, you had to get, like you said, it's like sitting there in class, sitting there senior year, right? And you're like, you're like, I don't know, I think it was an accident. I think that play was flying too low. And then you see that second play go, and you're like, what is going on? Oh, my God, it's going to fly right next to the old day. Oh, my God. That's what it was like. I was like, wait a minute, what's, ha- what's happening? Is he, get- is he eating him from behind? Is he gonna bite his neck from behind? <laughs> and then you just see him working what it. Is going on? <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like, I think he he went over a little overboard. He didn't have to go that quite. That but he let far. him finish. He let him finish. I know. 
<laughs> you know, you hear some noises and you want to check on your parents, see if they're okay. <laughs> and your mom's just jerking her dad off. <laughs> Except for that's your mom. It's your neighbor, Dan. And he's jerking her dad off. So I, I watched this movie by myself. <laughs> and Blaze is like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm kind of into those whole vampire cannibalizing thing. So he's like lotioning his hands up. And then he gets this. He goes, oh, no. He had to finish. <laughs> Blaze, Blaze had oh to finish. Oh my god! And does anyone remember when when he starts eating? When they start eating after he jerks them off, right? And they're eating him, right? What does he tell her? He goes, "The nipples are the best part." And I don't know why that was a whole thing in this movie. I'm telling you, there's multiple times talking about eating nipples in this movie. No way. Did he say that? Yes, no. he does. He tells her, "I'm rewatch it." He tells her, "Eat the nipples. They're the best part." He says they're like chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said pepperoni but <laughs> they're like pepperoni yes ah, they're like pepperonis but uh, i knew it was one of steve's factoids <laughs> no he does tell her he does tell her eat, eat eat them nipples baby eat them nipples first and then it's it's very weird and then it's very weird that at the end of the movie he says eat my nipple first so i think you <laughs> know there was, there was there was and there was a sexual thing i think with that I, and i had one last theory with that is i think that actually makes the blood tastier so if you can get someone's blood when you're eating them or drinking their blood right as they orgasm you know it's it's enriched with hemoglobin you know with oxygen because it's like at your ecstasy right it's it's you're the blood's pumping and it's getting all that oxygen from you breathing i'm dying that was a good bit man that was a good bit I, for people who didn't see the movie timothy takes a guy into the cornfield i think we established that where he's gonna <laughs> Where he's gonna kill him. I don't know if we explained it at any point. We just kept saying shit that's happening. But he's going to kill him so that they can eat. It's taking a long time. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, they're probably sleeping together. And she's gonna get mad. That's what I thought too. And she goes into the cornfield. And now it's a beautiful scene of two guys looking up at the moon. And he's just wanking him off. And right when he's about to climax, he slits his throat. And it's just like, holy shit. I don't know... Which one's shooting the farthest, but <laughs> there's blood, there's semen. I don't know if they're going to divide that up, but so he falls on the ground and she's not even mad and they just eat, I guess, the pepperoni nipples part. I don't remember that. Nipple first, pe- pepperonis, yeah. pepperonis first. And yes, they, sir. they eat them and I, I guess she doesn't even have time to be mad about it because then they drive to his house by his license and find out he's a family man with kids. And there's the moral dilemma. Yep, exactly. You know, exactly. I think they should have just went in there and finished it. Yeah, I, I actually don't disagree with you. I think it would have been I kind of disagree. a kind of a dark, cool twist if he's just like, okay, no. stay here, and he goes inside. No, listen, he goes inside, and he hears she, and, and then she hears screaming. She's like, oh my god, she's eating the children, and she walks in. And- <laughs> that is not making it. That is not making it. I thought you could have did so many other things. We are not putting that one in there, dude. I. <laughs> I thought they were going to be watching 9-11 happen and, like something. <laughs> and you killed the mom. We ain't touching. Come on, man. Freddy Krueger over here. You never. Come I on, mean, that was funny. No, that's a little too far. But you know what's funny about that is I have had deep internal thoughts about why I cry during 9-11 stuff when I'm watching it. You did not cry during that. No, no, not during 9-11, but like now, oh. like I'll watch like. <laughs> Like once, like once a year, I watch like not on nine eleven, but like 
usually towards the end of the year, there'll always be some kind of special on about 9-11. I don't know why. Get the fuck out. Um, and I'll watch it. Listen, I'll never forget this. It happens almost every year. I, I flip through the channels. There's something on about 9-11. Every time I see the second plane going to the second tower, I start bawling like a baby. And I've, I've literally sat there and been introspective about why am I crying so much? It's not like necessarily the deaths or the kills or what happened. I really think it's because I think that's a perfect defining line between like my innocence, my youth and my innocence and afterwards. You know what I'm saying? I was 17, 18 when it happened. And while there was definitely debauchery afterwards. Dude, what the you know, fuck happened age? to you in that year? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more than 9 11, man. I, I, I definitely, I, I, was, I always think about it like it's. I think it's you're a, using 9 11 to, to block it out. And every time you see that, maybe, it reminds maybe, you of something that happened. Maybe it's, Jared. It's like a. Jared, the camp counselor. It's like a, it's like a mile marker for me for thinking about like how, like, where is my life gone? You know? Oh my God! <laughs> what? Since nine eleven, you went to college. <laughs> you did think I don't know. Nine eleven for me was just like they brought TVs in her room, and I'm like, why are we watching this? <laughs> like, say nine eleven didn't happen, maybe I would have had a happy life. You know, we would have been successful. Maybe would have found love. Okay, damn. If it weren't for that horse, would have spent that year in college. <laughs> college exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Nine Eleven's not that profound for me. I know it's weird, right? I don't know why it touches me. I like I remember every second. I remember every second of what was happening the day of nine eleven. Every second, really? Yeah, you don't. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. You're weird. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yes. <laughs> yes. The I Patriots won the Super Bowl. No, I, remember I remember that. So I remember <laughs> Christina. Christina Basile was driving me to work. I was working at the movie theater afterwards. She was driving me to work, and I remember listening. <laughs> Should we even go to no, work, I guys? Was. I was 9 11 just happened. <laughs> and they called it 9 11 right at the time, too. <laughs> no, we were, listening, we were listening to the radio in our car. And, and uh, this is, the, yeah, they were like post 9 11 when you were driving. <laughs> no, we listen, we listen, 9 11 is happening. Listening, we can we do whatever to speech we want. From President Bush. And, uh, and uh, we get to the parking lot, you know, and no one's at the no one's at the movie. Who theater. are you? I don't remember any of this stuff. And nobody's there at the movie theater. And and so we're like, should we just we we don't? Because it's nine eleven. Yeah, no. So we hadn't lost the virginity yet, right? So we're like, should we just do it in the car? <laughs> should we just do it in the car because you know it's nine eleven? Like we have to do it for for America for the Patriots. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> it might be the it end. Might be the end. So no, but actually, so listen to this. So I worked, I worked the front, the front ticket counter. Like I, for, I worked the ticket counter that that night. No one came to the fucking movie theater. It was the weirdest, eeriest thing. I'm just, I'm just sitting in the booth, just staring outside. <laughs> there's not a car in the parking lot. Like there's never not a car in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? You could go right now to Oakland. There'll be a car in the parking lot. Yeah. It just. So I'm just sitting there in my thoughts. I have nothing to listen to. Post 9/11. And I'm just thinking about like I'm thinking about like yeah like I have post 9/11 clarity. You know what I'm saying so yeah i don't know why i remember all that i think that level was like a tuesday too i don't god damn man <laughs> you don't remember the yeah. day every second day. but not the listen, day this listen, we're doing a 9-11 episode what, right listen now. what do they say about 9-11 never forget what did you guys do you guys forgot what do they say about the cornfield scene in bones and all never forget. where were you when it happened never forget <laughs> It was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Dude, American Airlines Flight 11. Fuck. Shit. It was Flight 11 on 9-11? Yes. yes. I don't even believe that. Yes, man. Yes. yes. I don't even believe it. I don't believe it was a Tuesday either. Because you were so profound that it, it was, was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. I feel like it's, it's a Wednesday. It's so funny. How did none of this like, like sit inside you guys for, for this long? <laughs>
No, you want to actually hear another funny story. This is definitely off the record. I turned an assignment late, and my and I I used the excuse that I knew someone that I knew someone that died on nine eleven, and they were like, "Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding?" Me? I was like, "Ah, never mind. I feel awful now. I feel awful now." <laughs> so so I, so I, I didn't get to turn the assignment. That would be so, funny. so I didn't get to turn the assignment, and I look like an asshole to the teacher the rest of the year. <laughs> That's that shit, bye. Dude, I need someone on 9-11. What? No, no, no. <laughs> no, never. No, never mind. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they were on a plane, but not that one. <laughs> they were in a building, but the building next to it. I meant they were on 9-11 2000. 2000. <laughs> it was a Monday. There's one every year, baby. There's one every year. Oh my god! Did you did you really do that? I did. I did. I did. I feel so awful. No, you didn't, dude. I swear to God, I never forget. I never forget the look in the teacher's face. They're like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "Fuck!" No, no. I was like, "I can't do this. I can't do this." Nobody's gonna harm me the rest of my life. Dude, you gotta stand by your fucking guns, bro. Listen, you know what? I knew two people. I love lying. I love both. My parents were on that plane. Dude. <laughs> okay, Batman, calm down. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Sometimes when I <laughs> okay, guys. Sometimes so... So I'm telling. I'm telling you. Sometimes, sometimes when I really feel like I'm losing like my connection to humanity, I put on, I put on a video of 9/11 and I start crying. <laughs> I just catch up. I get the emotions back. I recharge those batteries. You know, hilarious if, if he, yeah, both my parents were there and then they show up for a teacher parent conference. Or like, teacher parent. Night. That's, that's why. That's why I backed out of that line real quick. I backed out of that line real quick, man. We're fucking cutting all of bones and all. This is the We're not going to know. We're not, we're not, listen, never forget. Never forget. A lot of this is making it, man. Just like, Never you know, forget. Unlike, unlike your parents on 9 11. That's weird. I, I feel like everyone had that connection. I guess I'm the only one who felt that bad about 9 11. Nobody <laughs> did. Nobody did. <laughs> You don't I, I don't know anyone that You don't did, know anybody. Right? I feel like, no I feel like this is very really weird. Like, I'm going to start crying now thinking about 9 11. You don't even know anyone no, from New York, no, but... bro. Come on. And fun fact 9 11 really affected you that you work in the airlines now. For JetBlue. That, that changed your trajectory. It changed your trajectory. Not the airplanes, but no, yours. Yeah, <laughs> 9 11 still happened. <laughs> Would you go back in time and stop? You couldn't. He wouldn't be able to. Could you? No. You couldn't, right? Yeah. He, everything he owes his life to now is because of that reason. <laughs> he can't change it. You he know, can't he change it. It's like the whole time machine story where, you yeah. know, you try to go back in time to fix something. And the I reason why like you go that. back in time yep. is to fix it. And you yep. can't. That's exactly what's going to happen to him. And then he's going to be in that car ride, going to work, listening about 9-11 on 9-11. You know, you always hear that, oh, you know, go back in time and change this and do that. But, like, do you really think you could, though? There's no way we could stop 9-11 from happening. We're just normal Joe Schmoes, you know, if we went back in time. <laughs> no, what you do is you go back in time and you call a bomb threat in on the building and they evacuate the building and you're yeah, good to go exactly. after that. You called in a bomb threat or two. Come on. I never called one in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, I wear a black hoodie a lot, okay? Oh, yeah, you get on the flight, though. Maybe you buy a yes, ticket. Okay. You, get, you get on the flight and you say, not again. And you fucking start stabbing them. Dude. Everybody's like, what does that mean? Why do you say, not again? You- <laughs> Did we just make a movie, bro? Let's do this <laughs> And then it becomes funny. No, here's the crazy part, though. So then now I go to jail for the rest of my life, and it just becomes some crazy guy stabbed three people on a plane <laughs> on a flight. And, and it's it, a hate it crime. And landed safely. Yeah, and it's a hate oh, crime. Oh, my God. And you saved so many people. And no one knows. It's going to be called 912. That's and crazy. No one knows. <laughs> not again. Nine twelve. Not again. <laughs> so yeah, no. This is the moral dilemma. This is where the wheels start to fall off. This is where the separation happens. The catalyst for that. For her, she's like, I can't be a part of this because she is horrified by the situation. But he's not horrified enough for her. He he he's upset too, but he's not upset enough. And that's the problem. I love the argument where he's looking at her and he's like, why are you making this way harder than it is? He understands this is a hard fucking situation. It's too much. We gotta do this. We have to do it. No, I, I listen, I agree with you, actually. And it just shows you. And it shows you. And again, I don't want to get on this. You know, we all been hurt. We all got baggage here. I don't want to give my soapbox a little bit about relationships. But it does show you that she is clearly the uninformed one. And she's clearly the less experienced one. But she wants to sit there and make these matter-of-fact rules all of a sudden about, yeah. I won't do this, I will do that. And he's pretty much like, listen, you don't know the game. I'm telling you this is the game. Yet he still, for the name of love, wants to bend his rules to try to help fit her. Despite him already knowing what happens when you go down that path. No, I just I, I love that scene where they're arguing and he's like telling her this is tough, but you're making it harder. Like you're making this worse. I do feel the same way. I have the moral dilemma too. But it, but yeah, it has to be done. But I don't let it bother me. Maybe I've been out there longer. He's like, you know how many you know how many dicks I've jerked off. Well, that's the fun part. That's not the bad okay. part. Well, <laughs> well, please, okay. Okay. Please, for like, him, you know, for the story, the character, <laughs> Jesus okay. Christ. Do I have to explain that? Places like, places like, don't threaten me with a good time. Okay. <laughs> And, but, He's like, I got you know, that. I got that <laughs> scene on repeat. And then ultimately, ultimately going back to ultimately going back to it, right? What happens is she ends up getting him killed because she wants to play by her own rules. He didn't even know about Sully. You've been following me, and we got unfinished business. Yeah, he never did. That's that's kind of. I, I think he might have mentioned it, but she didn't bring it up enough. No, not that he's like this super murderous, you know, cannibal guy. She mentioned a friend. Yeah, I think she yeah. probably did mention him, but like, uh, I don't think she she really said how creepy he was. But again, that's the misinformed, newly homeless person going on this journey. They're going to make all those mistakes. Lee probably made all those mistakes. We didn't follow his story. We don't know where his story went beforehand. Yep, exactly. We're following hers. And so we're seeing all the mistakes. And that's what makes the movie a mo- the movie. And it should be more interesting than it was. But now we're getting to the... She finds her mom. So during the separation time, I know they focus more on her, obviously. Where she meets her grandmother. She meets her mom, this and that. And they really kind of cut out his parts. All, all she does is go to like a lake where he's shirtless. And she's like, Lee, Lee, I love you so much. During that time, he was on a murderous rampage. He was murdering everybody (laughs) and just eating their dicks. 
Well, is there anything we want to say about the... <laughs> Kobayashi! <laughs> I'm telling you that, no. Bappa has ruined everything. I know, I know, I know. Still, that, listen, by the way, I stole that from Step Brothers, not from Vorky. I know, I know. It's Other podcasts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, do we got anything to inform about the mother? I do like the letter talking about how she just wanted to have, she just wanted love, and it was something about the world's not ready for monsters. So we're talking about the mom or the grandma, because cool fun fact about the grandma, which I know you guys probably definitely picked up on. Suspiria. Yeah, exactly. It was played by yeah. Jessica Harper, who starred in the original Suspiria. Susie, right? Yeah, Susie. Went, we talked about another episode of our podcast and she was in the original Suspiria, which also ties into Luca directed the remake of Suspiria, which we will probably never get to in our podcast because our resident uh, Suspiria expert, Mike, has said <laughs> it is not worth reviewing for <laughs> he our did podcast. It is awful. I didn't even finish it. Damn. I actually watched, I think I watched half of it too, and I never finished it either. I was, I was at a friend's house and they were watching it, and I like, I like left. Yeah, was, I like left. It was, it was garbage. So back to this movie. So we have nothing to say about the mom, who is played by, I can't pronounce her name, but she's great in Chloe everything Savini. she's in. Chloe Savini. Yeah, Savini. is great in everything. Great Chloe actress. Savini, she's a very famous art house actress she you know she she's done a lot of party monster dogville the brown bunny yeah. done a lot, she's done big stuff too of course she was zodiac i mean you've seen her in everything you've seen her in everything she's but her very very her breakout role which i i believe is her original role is a, a movie that, that's for our generation maybe a little bit older than blaze's generation but to me i know when i watched it it blew my head out the window was kids oh you know she's the star of kids it's funny because i think i read something where she loved that that director so much luca that she said she would do any movie with him even if it had no lines and then she literally gets a movie where she has no, with lines. no lines yeah and, and she's almost unrecognizable i mean she is we yeah. jump out of you like oh my god i don't recognize her but yeah she's she's got a very small crazy part they split up is there any other significant moments the van part we kind of touched on a little bit Nebar would totally get in the van apparently with sully i would not (laughs) there has to be a way to avoid that yeah i would not there has to be a way to avoid that without bloodshed too i I don't agree that it has no there's no no, there's no way no no. there's going to be bloodshed yeah that's it one of my favorite verses in the bible was you're either (laughs) you're getting you're either going to the cornfield you're either going to the cornfield you're getting in the van can i say this give a shout out i do want to give a shout out so this movie has a lot of phenomenal actors and i know we talk about mark rylands obviously mm-hmm. timothy chalamet taylor russell but mark michael stolberg 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 i'm probably pronouncing his last name stolbarge he uh he plays jake he plays he plays jake the eater he's in all of luca's films he's in call me by your name but that guy that guy's like everything. That guy is really? awesome in Boardwalk Empire. He's in Fargo. He's in Men in Black 3. Freaking Arrival. Men in Black 3. Yeah. <laughs> <He's a doctor. laughs> that, like, that was one of the star films. Yeah, Men in Black 3. <laughs> I like Men in Black 3, okay? Let's not hate on I it. don't remember it. Uh- <laughs> he's in Steve Jobs. You know, he's a character actor, clearly. But he went to Juilliard, and I think he's a phenomenal actor. Really, to be honest with you, the thing that's, that jumps for me is Boardwalk Empire. I love that show on HBO. <laughs> it's not um, Men in Black. So he's really good. 
Batman in Black 3. He has, a, he has an important part of it in Black 3. He's a main character in Black 3. You remember too much of that movie. If you're like, like a, Nobody remembers that movie. So I thought you were like, I was like, man, we, we talked about every actor. What actor are you about to bring up? I thought you were going to do Cornfield Guy. You're going to be like, he stood there really well and he took a beating. Listen, listen, I watched. <laughs> What other movie is he in? <laughs> Children of the Corn. <laughs> I guess we can get to the end of the film. Sully tracks him down. They're trying to live a normal life, which is a big no-no during this time. We forgot to mention Lee's family and, and Lee's sister, who like really loves his brother and just wants to have the brother around. I don't like how they just... Like, uh, yeah, Sully must have killed her. I'm with you, too. That's that's her hair. I don't know whose freaking hair that is. That's, that wasn't significant enough for me. They should have showed something else, maybe. Yeah, I didn't think so, either. Again, again, that's where I feel like... And again, we'd have to look it up. Cutting board. I, I really feel like whoever edited this film did a bad job. Because I do think the editing... Like, I was like, wait, how would you know that your sister's dead? Like, how would you know? Oh, that's her hair? Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, dog. Like, someone. that's a very... Yeah, it's a very... It just picks the phone up, you know? I, I agree with you. And, and again, that... That's that's why it's very ambiguous about what happens to Jake and Brad. That's why it's ambiguous what happens to his sister. I think it would be ambiguous also if Lee actually is dead at the end, right? No, he totally dies. Here's the crazy thing. So no, I think Lee is dead. But imagine he's you know she's done eating him like you know an after credit scene. She's covered in blood. The phone rings. She doesn't pick it up. It's his sister leaving a voicemail. Hey, 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 uh, hey, yearly. Hey, I'm looking for Lee. I miss him. Come on, let's have something to eat. <laughs> Come on, let's. I never got clean. Is he not the Family Guy? I, I think he's, that's what I was gonna say. He's he's the old man from Family Guy. Where he's like, look, look at that paper boy. That paper boy is swaying. Look, wearing them short shorts. Wearing them short shorts around me, paper boy. What do you think Sully's like at his at his motive then at the end? What do you think his his actual motive is? What do you not motive, but like what do you think he wanted to do? You know, by going there and seeing her. I, I think he didn't know what he wants. I think he felt that's what I this, thought too. I think I think he felt this connection again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it love, but it's not really love. But I'm gonna say he felt this connection. He felt this love for her, this attraction to her. What he was gonna do with her, I wasn't even sold on him necessarily like raping her or anything like that. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I just feel like he didn't know what he was going to do. He just needed to be near her. He was so obsessed with her that he just had, he couldn't let it go. And he didn't know what was going to happen. And then that's when all the craziness kind of happens. Like, you could have substituted, instead of a knife, you could have substituted a gun. And you could have had the same scenario. But we're not, we're not like, justifying anything. It's wrong what he did. 100% and, wrong. I'm not justifying okay, right. it. I'm, I'm not, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm not justifying it. No, no, no. But that's, okay. why, that's why I called him no. an incel. That's why I called him an incel because that's, that's yeah. the way I would have related. Is, again, not for me because it hasn't happened to me, but I'm Unfortunately, I feel like women have to deal a lot with that with guys that become yeah. attached or obsessed with them over the minorest thing over something you didn't pay attention to. Yeah, it gets very that's what I'm trying to say. So so maybe there was a kid in high school that you he you know he asked you a question in the library and you answered it and now for the next 20 years he's been yeah. hanging on to that one moment because in his head he's built it up as oh we had a connection and next you know he's showing yeah. up at your house, you What's know. Her name? I, I definitely I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think that's what they were conveying with Sully. That's what I felt like with Sully. He can't talk you know? about it while it's going through trial. <laughs> you guys hear this? You don't think I'm a bad person. All I think is that I love you. What are we gonna leave in this world of bones and all? In the cornfield. In, in the, the cornfield. cornfield. What are we gonna leave in the cornfield, Nibar? I'm leaving Sully's van there. Oh my gosh. Do you got anything, Steven? Van. 
Get in the van. Okay, I'm leaving a pepperoni pizza. This guy loves his nipples. I actually do. I got uh, nipples. <laughs> I got nipples in the van. Can you, Just can don't you, touch my nipples. <laughs> I got I got nipples. Can you milk me, Greg? Can you milk I me? Ni- I got nipples in the van. I think I'm going to leave that terrible fucking cassette tape that that dad leaves i don't i don't think his story was justified i don't i don't know how he leaves her like that i, I like that i like that no know? i thought that tape was bullshit it never became anything profound i can't help you anymore i know it's not your fault you were born this way you ate them i believed you had to i don't yeah know. exactly like when they finished it they were finished with it and it was just like okay whatever like they didn't really yeah. sell like the impact of it i don't think and i don't think he did enough either and i like the whole movie the whole movie was like that. i wasn't sold they didn't get that across too that like his whole life is ruined or that he has to get rid of her he can't be with her anymore i wasn't sold on that they did the job so well when they moved on to other houses and stuff it seemed like they had it like down good to go you know yeah. it's it yeah they had it down packed He's a villain for me. Him I and think, Sully are the villain. No, I, I don't think so. I think he was a dad that, 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 or a person that was in love, that had a child, that he, you know what? And this is where I think it definitely relates to the allegory of coming out, of being yeah. homosexual or trans in a world that doesn't accept you, is that he was doing the best he can to accept it without understanding it. And I feel like the, the tape is inconsequential. I would say, I would agree with you in this sense, that everything, the narration that you hear while she's on the tape, that could also just have been a narration over the film while she's exploring. It didn't have to be a tape. That didn't have to be the vehicle. But I feel like it gave great information to show a parent struggling with trying to un- trying to love their kid without understanding their kid. And I, that's where I liked it. And that's where I think he did a good job. I can see that, but I think that's like when you kind of lose out is you have to have a narration rather than showing. I mean, that's the whole point. Well, I would film. say this. I would say this. I, I was thinking about it this way is i think all three of us just on a personal matter and it's not even getting to a joking thing with with the podcast but i think all of us we're very progressive people and we're very open to different people and culture society so for us it's 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 not natural to say oh well i don't understand so i can't love you and i feel like the dad was trying to convey that you know and we all remember a time okay. before this was kind of like open and so i imagine our parents right when either you, Mike, or you, Blaze, had to come out to your parents, what they must have been like for them, because they didn't understand it. You know, I was waiting. Because they didn't understand. I was waiting. You know what? They didn't understand it. So I, I get, I get, yeah, I get that there's bad parents, and I get that this is probably a real. This is plenty of times a real situation where a parent cries to love and doesn't understand and doesn't you know portray it enough or get it across and feels more like a burden it's a burden to them because he made it about himself i think and i just think the the number one thing and the best thing you can do as a parent even if you don't understand is you always love your kid yes yes exactly. and you always put that across yeah first. i think he i think he just stopped yeah so but i get it there are bad things and bad situations so I think as soon as the mom was out of the picture, he's like, ah, yeah, I don't have, I don't have the, not no, because he no did more. try. He tried really well, but he gave up and I didn't think there was enough to give up. I didn't see that in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Like the cops didn't even freaking come. I could understand if they had to like fight some cops off or something and then, you know, he gets shot and then he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. No, none of that happened. Let's get to the uh, rating system. 
How are we going to rate this film, Stephen? I'm going to give it two hair lengths out of five. Nice, nice. Doing two corn stalks. Two corn stalks, baby. Yeah. Two hands. <laughs> two, two, two fresh two hands. Two hands, two corn stalks. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Nice, two nice. Two fresh, bristling corn stalks ready. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I was, I was. It's gotta, yeah, it's gotta be a two. I was leaning almost one, but I get it. It's it's beautifully shot. I mean, the, the film itself there. was really yeah. pretty. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the and the acting wasn't bad. I just don't think like the the narr- narrative was really. Yeah, good. so I'll give acting it a was below. good. I thought the acting was good. It was definitely you know, below the, it below average. A, yeah. It was a nice nice film. Yeah. Well, one one would be like a, just a terrible movie for me. So yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't yeah. terrible. Terrible. True. Fair. Fair. So yeah, two 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 uh two plays of "Lick It Up" by Kiss with Timothy Chalamet <laughs> dancing to it. Lick it up, lick. I love that scene. The scene was so much fun. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Tripping in the Woods podcast, man. I don't know where my friends went, but if you guys are still alive, it'd be real cool if you came back for more. 